If nobody turned that one steer the four times you ran that night, you didn't get a turn in. You just didn't get to row. <laughs> when the heck loans you $30,000 to go rodeo? What are you talking about? We get done. We're like, this sucks. We're still going to do it. I, I can't stand it. So I just go up to him and I, I am like, is there something wrong with your brain? So we're officially hey, going. Unoffendable. You know, yeah, that that is our that really is our man. The name of the podcast is the Flatbed Podcast, and the reason it's for that is the Flatbed is like <laughs> so. We are, as always, brought to you by Classic Ropes and Equinity Products. You guys, if you could go rate and review the podcast, it is a gigantic help. But also, word of mouth is huge. So thank you to everybody who has sent our podcast to their friends or family. Or when you hear something you think is unique, your willingness to send that on has been a giant help. So if you could rate and review, great. But to everybody else, thank you for the help. It is a new day at the Flatbed Podcast. Let me tell you what I'm doing to tell you how it affects you. We are going into basically our second season. We're not calling it a season because I don't even know why you would do that. I mean, we're into our second year. That's all that means. We're adding a subscription option. What that means is not you have to pay to listen to every episode, but what we're doing is we're recording bonus content for every episode. With every guest, we're asking stupid questions. We're going completely off script. We're just going according to what we think would be funny. Um, it's just bonus content. And what I what I found is you get a little a little better look into the person that's on the, on the podcast. Instead of being stiff or formal, um, we start off with bonus content. We ask stupid questions. You get the, like the live reaction. We've said it's like an inkblot test, right? You just say whatever comes to mind first. I personally have enjoyed it. I've, I've loved the bonus content because, like I said, you get to see a different side of whoever's in uh, the studio. Uh, for the month, it's five bucks for the month, for the entire month, which comes out to about like a dollar, a little like a dollar twenty-five per episode. So less than a Dr. Pepper, you get to listen to all the bonus content. You can click on it and add. Now, here's what this does. By helping fund a little bit of what we're doing, it allows some travel to places that we would like to go. Um, I was watching YouTube last night about the bullfights, and I was like, man, how cool would it be if we could go to Spain someday and talk to the people that run the bullfighting rings, right? Like go talk to the people that own the horses that are part of that. Like, and I'm only using that as an example. We're not trying to fund a trip to Spain, but, uh, you know, I would, I would love the option to financially be able to go to the places where things are happening that are interesting outside of maybe just only team roping in Arizona. I know we made a trip to Texas, so, um, we're adding the subscription site, but the truth is honestly, even if it was doing nothing, but funding my rockstar recovery bill every month, um, it, the, the, the content has been fun. It's been a blast. So like I said, $1.25 an episode is what you're, what you're investing. It is super easy. Um, and we haven't had, we haven't had one bonus segment yet that hasn't made everybody laugh. It's been fun. We've enjoyed it. So, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to release three free bonus episodes this week, give you an idea. Um, we're going to release three of them this week. You can take a look at them, see what you think. But then also after that, it'll be one per episode. We haven't recorded any podcast without also including bonus episodes. So, um, I would encourage you to check it out. It's fun. Um, I, I really do enjoy it. It's something I've actually, it's been a, it's been an addition to the podcast that I've enjoyed. So check it out. The flatbed podcast is brought to you by, um, we say companies, we say sponsors, but reality it's brought to you by other people in the same way that you're sitting here listening to this podcast. There are other people who are investing into this process financially that are bringing this to you so that you can listen to it for free. I love that there are people running companies that have the same shared values that we have in this industry. So when we talk to you about the people that are bringing you this podcast, please understand we're talking about a company, but really what we're talking about is the people. So part of what I do um, with the podcast is I answer a lot of social media questions or text messages from people asking questions about the products that we stand behind or that stand behind us. Um, I don't know what I can say about a quantity that hasn't already been said. 
Um, but one of the questions I get is like, okay, all right, but like for real, but actually, you know, what, what, what's it actually do? And here's, here's my answer. It is the thing that you pour into your overall program with what you're feeding, the exercise, the warming, the things that you're already doing. And equinity is the thing that goes in and fills the cracks using a natural program that the horse is already equipped with. The pituitary gland is sort of like the gauge system or the gauge program within the horse's body that tells it when it needs what it needs. And this goes in and benefits that. Better, better joint health, uh, amino acid in the muscles, things like that. You get a calmer horse that's more willing to go to work. Um, you can check them out at teamequinity.com, teamequinity.com. And like I said, we spend all this time and all this effort on our horse and equinity is the thing at an affordable price point, by the way, that you can put through your horse's system that fills in all the cracks and you end up with a better, well-rounded animal to go do what you need to do. So check them out, teamequinity.com. We are at the unbeatable booth here in, it's what is it, 4640? And the convention center at the South Hall. We have got Wyatt Bray, Nikki Northcott, and you go, wait a minute, this feels like a repeat, repeat episode, but we've also got Jace Hilton. So the three young guns. Who else is on? Uh, we're sitting here with Stewie also, but he doesn't have a microphone. Stewie, who else is on the young guns team? Uh, let's see. Hayden Thompson. Well, she's over breakaway in right now. Where is she at? Some breakaway Okay. over there, so she's not here. And... Gosh, Calgary? Calgary Smith. He's on his way home to Arizona. He left already? He left early, yeah. He said he didn't really have a whole lot of fun when I talked to him this morning. Fair. Way back. Fair. Yeah, Calgary Smith. And then, uh, let's see. Oh, Jet. Jet. My Jet son. Stewart. Stewart. Jet Henry. And Easton West. Easton West. From Wait, your, your brother's Dakota. name is Easton West? <laughs> Was North and South taken? East and West. That's a great name. Right. Okay. Perfect. But anyways, yeah, that's the Young Guns team as awesome. far as it goes. And these are the ones that were around and showed up, which we really appreciate. So I have a question. This is an honest question. Jace, you might get excited to hear this. We do a podcast earlier with these two at the Bray's place this spring. Wyatt goes on to be, turns out, Wyatt is a bomber, like a real one, like a real bomber. Like I've got videos on my phone of just shots he was able to pull off all summer had a great summer nikki just wins the open here at the world series i think this podcast might be good luck so what i need you to do jace is take this torch and go continue winning a lot because i would love to take credit for all the success of the people from the podcast <laughs> you know what? you talked me into it now you're gonna do it yeah you talked me into it put him over the edge right actually there. i could sign up for that <laughs> we're, nice. all, we're all in nikki what's the year been like for you since we talked what's what's the new what's the latest uh I just won a little bit and roped a lot. That's about it. What'd you win? I can't, I have to look. No, at what my did phone. you? No, what did you just win? Oh, I won the World Series Open finale. How'd you Vegas. end up roping with Bubba? Bubba? Have you guys jackpotted before? Uh, no, he just called me and asked me to rope. I said yes. How many partners did you have in that roping? Is it just a one it's partner just, roping? Yeah, one time. I got you. Twenty-five hundred man. Yep, awesome. Yeah. That turned out to be a real profitable move for him. Yeah. What'd you end up in Arizona? Great. Did you do any good? How much you win in Arizona this 4, year? 4,500. That was terrible. 4,500. Yeah. I mean, you got to understand there's people that probably would murder a family member at this point for 4,500 because there's a lot of people that get to zero. Yeah. So it's not, could have been better. Yeah, when you have 15,000 in fees, though, 4,500 is pennies, especially when the ropings are paying 20,000 a man. Was it your fault or theirs? Oh, I messed up a lot. I didn't rope that great in Arizona. How'd your better. partners rope, be honest? 
I, they did a great job. See, he's got it. He may be young, but he knows the answers. It's always my fault. It's never my partner's fault. We were open the other day in Calgary. Uh, tells my buddies, like, unless it's behind your back, you'll never hear me badmouth in your open. <laughs> like, don't be the guy that talks bad about your partners. You're already off to a great start already. Uh, Wyatt, you got him a little bit over there too? Yeah, I got a fast time in the short round. How fast? 5.7, I think. Perfect. And yeah. your jackpot, you guys got him for what, 10,000? No. Arizona? Uh, I got him for 4,900. Uh, well, I guess 10,000. Sorry, yeah, my split brother. Split You're right. Yep. Uh, got him for 4,900 over there and got three grand out of him for the fast time at the Perfect. Open. Jace? I was just a little less. I was 4,400, I think, in Arizona. Won the fourth round over there. Who's your Who's your main jackpot partner? Riley? Riley Kittle. Kittle, yep. 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 So when you're out here, is it is it you guys bounce around with other partners? Or is everything pretty much one one partner? Um, you can tell how much I've entered out here. Yeah, this in Vegas, the outsider open was go three times, so I kind of had to find some different runs for that. And then I didn't have my normal. I had Corbin Rice was my second run. Perfect. All week in Arizona at the opens. Yep. So. so I guess the biggest news since we've talked last is. Not only, like I said, Wyatt had a great summer, but all joking aside, uh, and I'm going to talk to him about this, Peyton released some news on his partner next year on Charlie Crawford's podcast, which is an awesome podcast, by the way. Shout out Charlie Crawford, doing a great job. I was not given the opportunity to break the news. It's not a big deal. I'm fine. I'm not bitter. What What's the plan next year? Uh, so Peyton got the opportunity to rope with me, which is really good for him. <laughs> Uh, but no, things are just really falling into place for yeah, that guy. Just really falling into place, honestly. I and mean, he's only progressed every year with his partners, going from Eric Rogers to uh, Brenton Hall, and now he's got me. So, but all jokes aside, I'm really excited for the year. I think we can win a lot. We're up together every day, all together anyway. So, so all seriousness, how did that conversation go? Because it's not like you guys. This is not a hobby, right? It's not no. like you talking to a buddy and like maybe we could try it, like. This is what you guys are doing for work. And he's putting his career in your in your basket. And likewise, I mean, you're going all in with each other. There's a lot, whether people are talking about it or not, there's a lot of pressure that goes into that. You know, yeah. what was the what was the lead up conversations? Was it like heart to heart or was it just one day it was? Well, actually, we were because uh, I asked him to rope with me at Rosenberg and Hempstead and the fall rodeos for, so, for the purpose of there's a reason for the purpose of trying to get into san antonio and houston and just so happened we won good money we went to six rodeos we got 7601 and that puts me in houston and san antonio worked out amazing and we were actually on our way home from uh uh lubbock or sorry texas city we were on our way home from texas city which is our last rodeo, and we'd made a good run and we placed. And I thought that Peyton was going to rope with somebody else. I really did. I didn't think I had a chance to rope with him. I was still hunting. I was talking to a few different guys, and he actually asked me about it. And uh, I said, yeah, but we just kind of talked about it and ended up fitting the bill on both ends. Well, and that, I mean, that's a testament to the summer you had and the way that you rodeoed because, I, you know, Peyton, I know Peyton loves you, but he's not going to do it as a favor. No. Like for him to – for him business. to business. Yeah. Yeah. And for him to make the leap tells you what he thinks about your head and 
Yes, sir. You know, and and horse-wise, you feel like going into this year, you're where you want to be on horses? I think I'm more stacked this year than last year, uh, which is amazing after losing two of arguably the best horses I've ever had. Um, lost my good black that I've placed at the BFI on uh, two years. Or, yeah, two years on the black. And then I lost a really nice bay head horse that Charlie Crawford and Jackie train. And uh, he and was, the bay was just kind of coming into yeah, it. Yeah, he was only seven, and he was doing things that a seven-year-old shouldn't be doing yeah. on a high level. But uh, lost those two in a wreck and ended up getting – I got another bay that's actually the black's mama and Sandy's daddy. And he's going to be cool. He, he's going to be really cool. And uh, then I got a sorrel that you trained and uh, got him from Brenton Hall. And that horse has been doing good. I've been placing at the jackpots on him. And then I just got another full sister to Sandy. So I'm, I should be, should be pretty stacked. Nikki, partners this year, because you're still not old enough to like leave home and be gone all year. So what's your, what's your rodeo plan look like in 24? Uh, I don't know. I think I'm going to rope with the same partner, uh, Amateur Rodeo. Cody? Yeah, I'm thinking about Canada. I haven't made my mind up yet. Wait, what can you do in Canada? Pro Rodeo. You can pro rodeo in Canada? No okay, so what's there to think about? Well, it's a different country, so. I like the simplicity of that. Well, it's a different country. It's not the U.S., that's true. Yeah. Would it, well, I guess if somebody's pro rodeo and they go to Canada also, but there may not be a guy that wants to just exclusively rodeo up there. I, well, I, I could see that. I could see how that'd be a little more complicated for guys at 17. I mean, a lot of the Canadians up there that do rodeo up there, they only go up there, but most of the guys that are from here want to go back and forth. Right, right. I could see where it'd be hard to get, like, maybe the partner you'd want. Who's who? Do you watch any of who's rodeoing up there and doing well? Like, if you did go up there, do you know who you'd rodeo with? Uh, I don't, not really. I haven't really paid that close attention. Like I said, I was thinking about it, so I don't know. Uh, I watched, I actually watched the finals, and uh, that made the me Calgary, like even the more. Calgary and Brady show. Oh yeah, that was amazing. I think that's what makes Canada even better. Is their finals is really good. Yeah. So. Yeah, Pinocchio's a really good rodeo too. Well, yeah, that, I mean that's that's better than what you're going to get in amateur rodeos anywhere. Yeah. I and mean, that's just that's a great rodeo. And I, I, I say that, but you don't want to go there with a guy that you don't feel like you have a chance with. You no, know, it'd be cool to enter, but you'd want to enter with somebody you got a chance with. Jace, what's 2024 look like for you? you... Uh, so me and Riley are staying on our permit another year. Get done with the college rodeos. Where are you going to college? Weatherford. Gotcha. Yep. So shout out Johnny Emmons. Shout out Johnny Emmons. He's the best. So college rodeo, stay on your permit. How much are you guys going to try to go? Um, we're going to go to all the Texas circuit rodeos and then we don't really have a plan set in place this summer. We talked about maybe going after the college finals, staying out there. How many rodeos, I haven't not rodeoed in a while, I haven't kept up with it, but how much rodeoing can you do on a permit in the summer? There's quite a bit of rodeoing, can't you? I mean, can't you get you in can, most places? As long as one guy has a card, there's nowhere you don't, you can't go. But you guys are both on your permits. We're both on our permits. So last summer we buddied with... Billy Bob Brown, Kirby Blankenship, and I want to say we went to around 25 or 30. Yep. And we couldn't go to Casper, Sheridan, and Nampa, and there were maybe two or three other ones we couldn't Saint get Paul, to. St. Paul, but that's before we, we didn't start. Yeah, we didn't start then. We stayed yeah. in Texas, and the way it fell, like the week of the fourth, yep. 
we got to go to the ones in the Panhandle. So like the first three or four amateur rodeos in Texas yep. and the jackpots. And then we left from Canadian and went up north. We went to Steamboat and then I think West Jordan and then Red Lodge. Which, I mean, that's rodeo. And, you know, maybe it's not everywhere you want to get into, but that's still out there and kind of getting a dose of it. For sure. And I'd, I'd never been that week. For those of you guys who don't know about Bale's hay, let me just tell you, it has changed the way that I feed alfalfa. I feed so much less hay. Um, part of that's with my partnership with Unbeatable, which, by the way, check them out also. But I feed less of it because it's so dense. It's such high-quality stuff. It flakes off in, like, little bitty flakes. It's, I, I've joked every single commercial. It feels like something you would eat yourself. It just has that deep, rich smell. It's very leafy. Great, great quality stuff. But they also have a storefront there in Buckeye. Um, you can check it out. It's down there on uh, on Highway 85 uh, in Buckeye. They're now an ADM Mormons feed dealer, which means not only can you go get the best hay in Arizona, you can also get all types of feed for and hay for all kinds of animals. Uh, the Mormons, you can check it out. The Mormons feed all the things that they bring. So not only is it the best hay, not only can they deliver, not only is the best quality hay I've ever fed, you can also go check them out at their storefront in Buckeye and pick up Mormons feed, kind of a one-stop shop thing. Check them out, baleshay.com. The update that has cost me almost the sanity of my brain, almost the function of my phone, and has taken so much time away from my day. That sounds negative, but it isn't. Everybody wants to know, how's the Pro Series lights? I got them in. Andy, on his way back from Vegas, stopped and installed them up here at the arena. You guys, these Pro Series lights from Ranch Hand Solar Lighting. Holy cow. They live up to the hype. We roped the other night until about uh, maybe about 1 o'clock. And we get done and we realize I was talking to my buddies because we still have some of the thousand watts uh, supplementing the fee that they brought out. And we get done and I go, hey, we never turn the thousand watt lights up. We rope the entire time with our thousand watt lights on dim because the Pro Series lights are doing such a good job. Uh, if you've waited, if you've been kind of kicking around, I don't know, solar, maybe, I don't know. I will post pictures also, but the update is this. They are amazing. You will not be disappointed. Check them out. Ranch Hand Solar Lighting. You want to hear the coolest story coming out of Wickenburg this winter? Because I've got it. The 1017 Project, uh, the Flatbed Podcast, Downtown Arena, Rancho Rio, Roper Nation, and the town of Wickenburg are all partnering. You heard me right. All of those, all of those entities are partnering to put food in the food bank through the team ropings. So what we're doing is we've started the We Heart Wickenburg series this winter. Uh, all the podcast sponsors, I've got boxes from Aquinity, I've got boxes from Cinch, I've got boxes from Equibrand. Uh, Ranch Hand Solar Lighting has donated a set of arena lights. Unbeatable Feed has an entire truckload of feed that they have donated to the We Heart Wickenburg series. The first one's going to be November 10th. And what we're going to do is we're going to use the money raised at those events to put hamburger into the food banks here in Wickenburg. Uh, Christy Henson has an entire team of people assembled um, to distribute the, make sure that, hey, listen, listen to this number. They said that 70% of the kids in the Wickenburg school district are on food assistance, which means we have got this tremendous food insecurity uh, situation in the heart of the team roping capital of the world. And so everybody's coming together, we're partnering to eradicate that. Shout out to the 1017 Project for the work that they're doing, helping organize it, the sponsors, the arenas, the producers. Coolest story ever. And you go, how can I get involved? November 10th is the first one. We're going to give out tons of little trinkets and prizes and things like that. It's going to be at Downtown Arena. Shout out Mike and Karen Fuller. Anyway, cool story coming out of Wickenburg. Be a part of it. It's just a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a feel-good thing, and it actually is making a difference. 
The ropings will still have the regular payout. If you win the rope and you still win the money, the fundraiser is what is uh, what is made that day will go to put hamburger in the food bank. So you don't have to enter the rope and then donate everything you win or anything like that. It's still just a regular team roping. Out there and kind of getting a dose of it. For sure, and I'd, I'd never been that week. The year before I started at Casper with Tanner James and Riley had never been up there at all. So where's Riley? He's from back east, right? He's from Alabama. But he's been rodeoing in Texas now for a while. Yep, since, since our, our school, huh? Yeah, since our freshman year. Yep. That's that's cool to see a guy come from out of state. I was just having this conversation with Ricky Fanning, he used to be Ricky Ingazer, about some of the challenges that people face coming from outside the main bubble. Because there, there are real cowboys everywhere, like competitive, real ones. And I'm not saying that to be somebody, you have to be from that circle. What I am saying is there are more of them per capita in the Texas area, and it becomes very hard. It's such a dense population. It's a very hard place to win. And so to see kids come in from out of other areas and stick it out and having success, like, did you feel like, if you had it to do over again, did you feel like you were ready coming into the Texas circles when you got there? Well, I had a pretty good number. I was a straight eight when I moved out there. And the first year I was out there, I really only went to the amateur rodeos that were pretty close. And when there weren't any jackpots that I wanted to go to. So I kind of. Do you feel like you hit the ground running like right when you got there? Not at all. Um, no, the first thing I had to learn how to do was score because the heel bears yeah. out there, you actually have to see something. So I think the first rope that I went through out there. I broke the barrier probably four times. It was awesome. Uh, well, seriously, it's a, I mean, it sounds like a backwards thing to say, but a guy's got to learn how to lose. Because if you're from somewhere else and you've had success and winning has been like this consistent thing, and then you go somewhere where your winning percentage is going to drop, there's a lot of times people don't come back from that very easy. They're like, ah, I was not ready. I quit. I'd rather go back to wherever where I could be the guy that I was before. Um, it, this is like a repeat conversation I just got done having, but. Um, to stick it out and go, okay, I know I'm not winning like I could be, but I'm going to do what's necessary. Um, but you got to either do that or quit. I mean, you either got to go through it or be done. I agree 100%. I mean, coming from California, like, there just weren't that many guys that rode really good around there. And I won a lot. I mean, I don't want to say I dominated, but, I mean, I won a lot in California. And I'd go to Arizona on the weekends because I was only four and a half hours from Wickenburg and I won good out there. Right. But yeah, going to Texas, it was a whole new ball game and just getting out there. And I never even realized how good the best guys were. Right. You know, like right. how big of a difference. The day in, it is day out, they're that good every single day. Every day and what it takes. And yeah, it was, it was kind of hard for me, but I, I knew before I moved out there that it was going to be hard. Like I didn't have. You went in knowing it was going to be a, an adjustment. I knew it 100%. Yeah. Like, I yeah. I had talked to a lot of guys before I moved, and I was like, yeah, like, I might get whooped on for a while. And But if you want to make it, that's where you go. That's where you go to measure and see if you to. got what it takes. And if you don't, you do what it takes until you are. It's a, it's a battleground, man. It's like, and again, again, it's a battleground because a lot of people move to that area, people that can really rope. So if somebody hears this and they're like, oh, we got good cowboys where we're from. Yeah, no, I know, I know. It's just that you don't have that many of them back to back to back to back everywhere you go, right?
Well, and you yeah. see guys, I mean, without saying names, we, we know guys that tried it and it's not worth it. They would rather go home and tell you, well, I could have, I didn't want to because they know they weren't having the success and they couldn't take it. They'd rather go be a big fish in a small pond. And so if anybody is going to stick it out and get through it, the humbling process and come out the other side, that's respectable. Or, or again, I feel like this, we just, I just had this conversation with Ricky, but people that go, I don't want to do this. I don't want to give what it's going to take to get to that point. I want to be in a business. I want to have a job. Like I want to stay in the industry, but I don't want to give what it's going to take to be that guy. Totally respectable. Like that's, that's completely fine. I respect people that are like, raise their families and feed their kids and take care of their wives. And so it doesn't have to be one or the other. You don't have to stick it out or be a loser. You can go like, hey, once I saw what it was going to take from me to be that on a daily basis, there's just other things I love more. Fine. No problem. But you're not, there's not a, there's not an elevator. You got to take the stairs. I couldn't agree more. Like I always, I've gotten a couple of my buddies to move out or at least try it for a while. And from back home and like I tell everybody like it's not for the faint of heart well when all. you're packing to come to Texas make sure to unpack the ego and leave it in your home and the dresser because it's not going to let you be okay you're going to get beat your ego is going to get stomped on for a while and if it is like hurting your feelings it's not a it's it's a hard place to want to be 100% but what you what I've noticed with these two we talked about it is that if you're hanging out in Stephenville or in those areas and you're entering the opens and you're going against them, you don't then go out to a higher tier of team ropers out in the real world. You're living with the real world and you go out and you're off rodeoing. It's never any harder than what you saw at home. Yeah. If you ever want to test yourself, go to a weekday jackpot in Stephenville, Texas. Wyatt, tell me, I'm, I'm curious because it, what I saw, and like you're my buddy, I'm not, I, I don't want to sound like I'm gassing you up, but objectively, and I, I mean this as honestly as I can say it, I saw this like evolution of Wyatt Bray this year that I don't know if anybody saw it coming. You went from being a very good header to being one of the best reachers, like not just falling on, like throwing a lot of rope consistently, going on sharp, riding your horse through your throw. At what point in this summer did you look up and go, hey, wait a minute, I think I might, I might have some here. <laughs> well, it, uh, it started off good at at Greeley, I guess, whenever I stuck the first one there. And uh, it just felt good. And uh, from then on, it was like, okay, I want to keep that same feel. And by the end of it, like you said, I look back and I'm like, wow, I was really sticking good. <laughs> did it start to feel comfortable from back there? Yes, it did. It, I started liking it a lot more. The, more. the more I played with it, the more I did it, and the more I just... I, honestly, I just used a big loop, and I sent a big old blanket down their back and turned oh, something. Oh, is that what it was? Because yeah. it didn't look like a big old blanket when it landed. It oh, no, looked it, like it, welding for, arcs. To, to start the summer, it was. It, it <laughs> sharpened up over time. But it, it, to start the summer, I just threw a lot of loop out there, and I turned a lot of cows that way. It wasn't always the prettiest. Like, right. I, I'm sure Josh had no idea what I was going to catch most times, but he's going to get turned. <laughs> right. Here it comes. Yeah, here, it's coming. So getting into... I was going to ask you about this a minute ago, but getting into San Antonio and Houston kind of changes the course of the winter. If you don't get yeah. into those two, you're behind the eight ball. All of a sudden, now you're in. Do you think that's what put Peyton over the edge of life? I think that's probably what got me in with Peyton, honestly, uh, taking all the, the bias out of it of brothers or not brothers. Uh, but you got to have a partner to start the year, and you got to be confident in them. And I think me getting into San Antonio and Houston really helped me out in that situation. 
because I think that's the only way you get a great run to start the year because otherwise you're watching everybody else go win 50,000, 60,000 before the summer yeah, starts. Yeah, it's like giving them a head start. The best guys in the world get a head yeah. start, yeah. What a winner-wise, is, is Sandy just the day-in, day-out winter horse? She's hard to beat in the buildings. Tell people, for the, people that may not know, the roan mare that you were riding, she won the American. Won the American. You have a steer at my house. At your, you have a steer at your house with my brand on him from that rodeo. Yeah. Uh, Great steer. Thank you. Yeah. One of the best. I mean, arguably the best steer alive. I, I don't would, think he's ever been missed heading or healing. Hey, not to interrupt, but I think I have. Do you brand like a lot of Mexicans? Uh, a few. I have five steers with your brand on them. The ten seventeen. And I practice. Yeah, I practice on them. I have five. Where'd them. they come from? I bought them at a cell barn in Stephenville. So what we did one year is we had like 250 of them because we had the steers for, first of all, that's, I want pictures, obviously. Yeah. I would love to see that. But we bought uh, like 250 fresh ones. We had the American, the qualifiers, the pre-qualifiers, jackpot, stuff like that. And then uh, rather than taking them to Oregon, to all the circuit, we had circuit rodeos and jackpots and stuff up there. We sold them through Trent Saunders. And so he bought 250 of them that had our, our brand on them. And so, um, yeah, there's a few of them bouncing around, so. Yeah, I don't know why they're, I mean, they weighed 600 pounds. Now, would good. you say that they were still good based on how well they were broken? Like, were you pleased with their don't answer unless the answer is yes? No, I'm just kidding. You say I, I seen him at the Silborn, and I was like, I mean, cause, you don't you don't ever see Mexicans at, a, like, just a regular Wednesday Silborn. So I was like, I've always wanted to practice on Mexicans, but I don't want to spend a 1000 on them. So You come to my house, but whatever. You were in Arizona, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's cool. Whatever. Keep yeah, going. Okay. Other than that, uh, I seen them and I was like, I told my dad, I was like, I'm buying those no matter if they sucked rope or not, because I really want some Mexicans. Probably not smart, but I wanted them. And I bought them pretty cheap, took them home, practiced on them. The greatest set of steers I've ever had in my life. Is that real? Yeah. That's awesome. We got a set of trippers one time and they were amazing. They lasted forever. The only reason we quit roping them was because they got too big. Now listen, I understand if somebody says, I don't want to spend $1,000 on a rope and steer. I get that. Trust me. I do. Yeah. Hard stop, I do. However, you buy natives, it's a crapshoot how long they're going to last. They're going to get worn down. I Here's my advice. If somebody wants to rope Mexican steers, If you rope natives older, the right way, though, they last a long time. You're not wrong. If you you're buy not number wrong. one natives, like, I mean, number, like, good looking, which honestly right now, they're costing seven fifty two, but at least they hold value. Mexicans don't. Yeah. I mean, you're going to lose, say, five, 600 on a Mexican all day. Yeah, I don't, I, I'm them. not recommending somebody spends 1000 on a fresh Mexican at all. What I would say is, though, you can buy older Mexicans. Like, I just bought a set that had gone to Sioux Falls this year. They were older for less. But those cattle are going to hold up. They're not going to eat as much. Uh, Daryl Sewell that used to bring, like, 3,000 of them across every year, he said if a Mexican steer is still good to rope after their first 12 runs, that's it. They're locked in. That's what they're going to be until they won't fit in a prefert. So if you buy those steers, you're like, my older steers, you score them way out, they'll try a little bit. If you jump them, they'll slow down. So on colts or whatever, there's they're just – they're so versatile what you can get out of them. And so, yeah, you're going to lose money on them. However, if you get them bought when they're already a little older at a diminished value, if you can find them, there's there's ways to get around paying the 1000 for a fresh one. I, I, I am a fan of it myself, but I get it. I wanted to get back. First of all, I want to see pictures of the steers for real. When you get it, I want to see them. Do you have any videos of practicing on them? Uh, I can send them to you. But I, you need to see the brands, though. They have brands all over them, like a, a bunch of different brands. That's a, that's a Mexican steer, man. They just yeah. bounce around. So Sandy won the American yeah. with Eric and Payton. They won the average in, what was that, 20, the year it was in uh, Texas. 2020? Yeah. Yep. And uh, 
2021 reserve champs. Were there reserve champs then too, right? Yep. And uh, yeah, she's she's got to have around 600,000 in earnings, I would think. She is one of the most prolific, but maybe under-celebrated mares in the industry. Yeah. Like for what she's won, why that's not one of the most talked about horses in the PRCA as a mare, because yeah. you look at embryos and what they're doing with the embryos, like she is a celebrity yeah, in she's, what she's accomplished, and yet she's kind of under the radar. Yeah, she is. She's. It's amazing how much money she's actually amassed over the time of all the great headers that have rode her. Yeah. Um, Logan it's, Olson's won a bunch on her. He trained her, and uh, Eric's rode her a bunch. He's won most of the money on her, and then I've kind of won a little bit on so her. So to here be and able there. to jump on her this winter and know, like she knows the drill. Yeah. It, it, how how she, comfortable are are you on her? She's one of those horses that she's might not be the best horse for the setup but i'm confident in any setup i can win on her right right feel wise feel wise what is it she's uh the flattest horse i've ever rode across the pin and she scores really good i hate having to admit when i'm stupid but i'm stupid i had no idea listen to this i had no idea what a pole barn was I thought I did, and maybe you think you do. You know, I thought of it as this big shed with wood structure and, and you know, maybe the tin goes halfway down or, you know, just just sort of a, something you'd see a tractor or a four-wheeler park below under with a stack of hay. But I grew up in Texas, and so you don't build anything out of wood. Everything's pipe. So um, when I met Dan Scarborough and he said he was building pole buildings, instantly, instantly, this is the stupid part. I'm like, oh, a guy who throws up some little sheds. Go to, do me a favor, you go see how stupid I am. Go to roperbuildings.com and check out the gallery of what a pole barn actually is. This can be anything from a barn dominium. It can be a shed, but it can be a horse barn. It can be anything that you want to protect from the elements and no wood exposed to the sun. So, you know, my question was, what about here in Arizona? There were so many questions I had no clue. I had no clue what they were capable of. And Roper Buildings is not, no, I hope this is okay to say, Dan. It's not some mom and pop thing. Like this is one of the most premier building companies in the Western um, United States and has been for over two decades. You can check them out. Not only are they in central and southern Utah, they're in northern Utah, Idaho, Nevada, and now coming to Arizona. Uh, Dustin Searcy, who you met on the podcast, is going to be helping run things down here under under Dan. Wait until you see what's possible. They are engineered. They can be customized any way that you want it. You can build it the way that you want it. And you're dealing with people who have had decades of success in getting this right. So roperbuildings.com, check them out. And while you're there, check on the gallery and look at all that they're able to do. You guys, times are changing. We have got technology available to you. When you get to Arizona, you can find your roping. You can find the date. You can find the location. You can even search the website by what jackpot number team roping you're looking for. Ropingcalendar.com. It is a subscription base. You go, well, so is the magazine, dude. Like, you can buy a magazine or you can buy the website. So it's not like there's a free option anymore. Ropingcalendar.com. The difference being you can look for only what you want to find instead of looking through all the other ads that you didn't want to find. So if you think about it, if your time's worth anything, we're paying you back. So check it out. Ropingcalendar.com. Scores really good at the rodeos, but she's one of the, she's really, she's so smart because at a jackpot, she'll figure out the start. And then just take it. And then just take it. <laughs> like, so like, if you wanted to hold more on the next one, you might not be able to, but. <laughs> it's uh, pattern. 
but she's amazing because at the rodeo she'll just figure it out and does the same thing every single time. Yep. The only time you don't want to just love on her is whenever you, like me and Britton this summer, he had some horse troubles and we had to ride the same horse at some rodeos. So when he would duck one back at uh, Spanish Fork, Utah to be 3-6 or 3-5 or whatever the heck they were that day, and then I'm the next team, that wasn't quite near as fun. Because, she's like, no, I got this. Yeah, I know like, what we're I doing. Know exactly what's I'm coming. ready. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be ready for it. Well, and that's, I mean, not only getting in the buildings, but also having that horse to get on for Peyton, that's got to be a, a vote of confidence for you also, knowing that you're mounted on a horse that's had a career of her own. Yeah. You know, like, yes, you are second year, but that mare's a veteran. Yeah, she's um, been there, done that every time. Yeah. Also, Nikki, I didn't know you still own the spotted horse. The spotted one? Yeah. yeah. Is he still like the main main mount? Yeah, I mean, I just kind of just try to put him in wherever I need him. But anytime you want to just spice up the look of the roping, that's yeah, pretty much just whenever. Whatever. Honestly, what I haven't rode as much. Like I rode my other little sorrel that I really like all week in Arizona, and. Uh, he kind of got a little bit tired, so I was like, I'll just get on my app. And what does the app do that fit this setup? Like, what was the reason for getting on him? I just got on him because my other one was tired. I didn't, no, <laughs> no reason at all. But Perfect. They're both pretty good. I mean, Style-wise, besides being one of the most majestic, mythical-looking beasts in all of team roping, what is it about that horse that you like about him? He's easy. He's pretty slow-footed and not the fastest, but... You can catch all, all day on him, like yeah. no matter what. Like if you got if I got to heal 100 steers, I'm getting on that horse all day. I mean, yeah. just so easy. Just First jump, third jump, whatever. He's that horse to get on. Jace, when when you get ready to go this summer, you're up with another guy that's on a permit. Have you guys talked about when you're ready for the rookie year? Do you feel like that you're going to need to do some swapping partner wise so that you guys are both able to rope with veterans? Or is the plan that you guys will learn it together? What's your what's your approach when you go from permit to buying your card? So what we've talked about is just sticking together. And then obviously, if one of us were to get a proven guy who's made it, yeah, no hate, there, done I mean, that, yeah, you have to. But me and Riley, we get along great. Um, well, it'd be cool if it's your buddy. It'd be cool to do it together if you can. It, it makes it so nice, just traveling with someone that you enjoy being around and i mean he has such a great work ethic he works so hard is so sharp mentally um and we kind of we really just see eye to eye on our mental game and how we approach making runs and preparing and i really couldn't ask for a better partner touch on touch on that i'd like to hear from all three of you guys actually on that like when you're looking at a partner outside the arena work ethic means a lot of different things to a lot of different people so obviously you and your brother you already know that why you already know who he is outside the arena yeah. um but when you guys are looking at your partners things like work ethic horses business mind does stuff like that factor in when you're making a choice on who you're wanting to rodeo with or is it just who you've got the best chemistry with how much does outside of the arena patterns factor into those kind of decisions i'm kind of interested to hear what you guys have to say but for me personally I, I'm super lucky with my partner. I mean, there's not anything I can knock him for. Who works harder, you or him, on the on the on the jackpot and practice and riding the horses, roping steers? Like, who do you think is the per- person driving the hardest? I think we're really even, and it's really nice having someone that works that hard. For one, if he messes up, 
if he happens to have a bad week, I know it's not for lack of preparation, yeah. lack of commitment. Right. You know, I know that he has uh, crossed all his T's and dotted all his I's before he shows up. You feel like he's almost as much of a workaholic about it as you are? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, I mean, it just makes it so much easier. And it really, I like, the other thing that I like so much about it is that the days where, you know, you're tired or whatever, you know, there's days where you're not just craving it, but when you have a partner that works that hard, yeah, it's not it drives you yeah. because it's like, hey. I'm like, not going to sit in here if he's out there. Yeah, right? like our deal is like when stuff gets hard, we just say good and keep trucking. And right. I mean, when you know your guy's working at it, it's like if I wake up that day and I'm not really just craving it, I'm doing it anyway because I know he is. Yeah, yeah. Wyatt? Uh, a partnership is a marriage, basically. I mean, you live together for four months of the year, and then you work together for the rest of the year during in and out of the jackpots and the rodeos because it is a business. No matter how you look at it, it is a business. So having a partner that's want, wanting to do good is always trying to find new horses, is always trying to be prepared in every situation, is always studying, trying to get better is everything. Because, I mean, once you once you get to the level where you're like, oh, you know, I don't have to practice anymore, then you're somebody passed you. Yeah. I mean, that's all there is to it. Somebody's always grinding. Somebody's always working at it, getting better here and there. Yeah. And uh, so with Peyton, I mean, that dude works every yeah. day. He w works out in the mornings, goes and ties calves in the afternoons, and then he comes home and ropes with me at night. Yeah. He'll ride eight horses a day. So. He probably outworks me if I'm being completely honest as far as that because I don't calf rope. But well, and you're singular. Like you're working yeah. on one thing where he's working, working on, on both. Thing. Yeah, he's working yeah. on calf rope and healing, and uh, he thinks he's a header now, but he hasn't figured that out yet. <laughs> but uh, that's dangerous because then he's like, if you miss a steer, he's like, I'll tell you what I'd have done. Yeah, yeah, no, he he does not uh, lose breath in, as far as giving opinions on heading at all. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but no, he actually, he, he ropes pre pretty dang good on the horns. So Nikki, specifically with you, here's what I got. You're 17 years old. The roping part of your deal is awesome. It's ready to go. Uh, everybody that I've talked to is like, man, that guy would have made the finals this year as a 16 year old. Like that is reputation wise for your roping, it's there. So how do you now early on start working on who you are as a person before you leave, like who, the kind of person that you want to be apart from just catching feet, right? So that you're not falling into the traps. Cause we've seen guys before come through the PRCA that can rope and then personal life issues trip them up and their careers cut short, right? Like people that could have gone so much further in life, but bad habits, bad patterns, bad choices, bad people surround themselves with bad people. Um, I know at 17, it's easy to just want to rope feet, right? But what are you doing now as far as, like, the people you're surrounded with yourself or patterns or habits? What are you doing to try to avoid some of those pitfalls you've seen other guys fall into? Uh, I just try to, I mean, just show up on time and take care of your business and heal steers. I mean, I try to make it as simple as possible. Uh, I hang out with people that uh, win. I like, I like hanging out with winners. So I don't think winners are uh, going to take that bad path like that. So um, I feel like it's that simple really what's your no-go like if somebody's got a, 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 something about them that you will not be around is there anything that you're like man i just can't be around that like what what are some of your no-goes as far as what you won't spend time with uh i haven't really been around anyone that uh 
which I haven't really been around very many people like as far as I mean I've kind of been around my whole like little circle my whole life kind of really not very uh, social so uh, I don't really know I couldn't say okay let's go theoretical like you got a partner he ropes really good he's got good horses good work ethic good chemistry but you know he's got a drug habit but the rest of it's there that's none of my business I mean, if you show up on time and turn steers, that's fine. And are you able to stay out of the, we got announcements going on in the building, hang on. Uh, is this something like when you're, when you're gone rodeoing, are you down to take your own rig and keep your own life and stay separate? Or use it like- Well, yeah, I'm not, I mean, if he's into that, I'm not gonna go with him. I'll yeah. take my own rig. But if he wants to be, if he wants to go that way, you know, that's none of my business. Just don't make your problems my problem, or yeah, yeah. pretty much. So who, who right now has the ability, because I think we all need it. Nobody ever, I don't know that we ever want it, but we all need it. Who in your life is the guy that would come in out of left field and be like, hey, no, you're not doing that. You're not going there. You're not saying that. You're not doing, like, somebody that loves you enough that they could speak honestly enough to you and that you would listen to. Um, I don't know. I mean, I mean, my dad, you know, he, he uh, obviously I listen to him about anything, uh, but Payton too. I think he would help me out a lot. But well, and I'll tell you this about anybody named Bray: they're not going to keep their opinions to themselves. If it's people that they love and they see potential pitfalls, like if you're if you're in the Bray circle, you can rest assured they will they will speak up. And they're they're not going to get in your business. They're not going to tell you stuff that's none of their business or anything like that. But like if they love you, which they obviously do, they're looking out for your good. Like you can rest assured they're gonna they're gonna do what they can to be a help. Yeah. So good to have people in, like that in your corner. How do you keep people from, let me think of how to say this. Wyatt, you maybe could help me say this. Like him being a young guy, he's gonna have a lot of clingers. Like he's gonna have a lot of guys that wanna attach themselves to his career. Cause people have success early. There's a lot of people that wanna be in on that and wanna attach themselves to that. Is that, is that a good way to say it? Am I, am I saying that right? Yeah, I, th I, th I think you're saying it right. Uh, I think the best way to go about it is just, like he's saying, surround yourself with winners. Uh, I hate negative people. I, I hate being around them. I don't like. Yeah, because that's as contagious as it, anything. It's contagious. It, it's it makes, a, it's it makes, a it can personality cancer. Yeah. And some I, people, though, negativity drives them yeah, in a good way. Yeah, some people, it, it, like Clay Tryon, for instance, like that guy, he's as negative as anybody. I mean, but he's still positive. Uses he it for his honesty, win. yeah. I mean, he's amazing. Yeah, I can't think the way I he think thinks. He just calls it how it is. Yeah, like, I don't even think it's negativity. Like if he truly believes that's the way it is, and you might think it's negative, but like he truly thinks that's how it is. No, no I agree 100. percent It's just like if I talk to myself that same way, I'm missing the next 10. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I, I, well, that's the joy. That's the joy of having people in anything. It's different approaches, different things that work for different people, and knowing who you are is huge, especially you guys being young. That's a big thing is knowing who you are because if you see somebody do something that works for them and go, that's cool, but I know what works for me so that you're not tempted to go, you know, run somebody else's race. Right? Yeah, exactly. And just knowing who you are and how you operate and having confidence to stick with that instead of getting caught up in the, the, the rat race of trying to do what everybody else is doing. Exactly what you said, like I watch how Clay try and does something and I respect that. I just know that's not me and it won't work for me versus I'm going to try it that way since it worked for him. That's that's wisdom beyond your years. That, that's just growing. Like rodeoing two years ago, I roped with uh, Trevor Allen, and uh, 
years before that, I roped with Mason Pitts, and it's just it's just growing as a person because you go to those rodeos, the big rodeos, you're like, gosh, dang, T. Wade just went three nine. I got to beat that. Yeah, you know that it's going to be a tough rodeo right here. When in reality, all you got to do is rope your roping. Stu actually helped me out with that. Whenever he seen me a couple summers ago, he's like, dude, you're good enough. Just rope, do what you can do. Yeah. And once you figure out how good you actually are, once you like learn how to rope your roping, you get way better. Instead of watching other people rope their roping and try to rope their roping, if you can just rope your own roping. You hear people say it all the time. They make the fastest run they've ever made in their life. Without trying. And what do they say? That felt easy. Yeah. So what that means is if you're trying to go 150 miles an hour, it's going to fall apart. Yeah. When you get confidence that what you do is good enough, that's where it starts to hit. That's sustainability. You're riding your horses better. Um, Partner-wise, you said no. I'm really curious. I think I, I believe you. You said it, so I believe you. Do you have any inkling on rodeo partners for your 18-year-old year? Uh, I, if I did, I wouldn't say it anyway, but, yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't say it. You could give hints. What color horse do they ride? <laughs> uh, Horse-wise, uh, Jace, what's your, what's your situation right now? Well, I have a sorrel that I bought from Peyton about a year. It is a rare thing to have the unbeatable guys in the same room. For all that we talk, Jason, Brian the masterminds behind Unbeatable Feeds. Greetings. Howdy, howdy. Did you see this going this way a year ago? Not at all. A year ago, nobody had ever heard of Midwest Agri-Commodities. We rebranded to Unbeatable. It's amazing now everybody's heard of Unbeatable. Uh, booth traffic, folks coming by saying, hey, started my horse on this. Can't believe the, the results. It's amazing what a, what a year makes. Jason, what are you hearing from the guys that you've rodeoed with about the results they're seeing from all three of your products? Oh, it's very positive. Uh, it's funny, last year, like Brian said, you couldn't hardly get anybody to look at you. I mean, we sound like a tractor dealership or something, Midwest <laughs> Ag Commodities, which we're not, you know. And by rebranding and being on your podcast, social media, getting the word out there, people are trying it without, I mean, I don't even know. I mean, I got guys coming up to me that have been old friends for 15, 20 years, and like, hey, man, I started feeding that beet pulp, and that's just amazing what it does. And then guys feeding their rope. The new, the new hottest thing going right at the moment, besides our the blend product, the alfalfa blend, is the people starting to feed their rope and steers. Yep. And the breakaway calves and the rope, roping calves, just straight beet pulp pellets. It is the fountain of youth for older rope and steers. The, yeah, and the results you see from it are just, it's, ama it's truly amazing. Well, and I never branched my whole life and, and never even crossed my mind. So I'll say this, you look at the video that Ren put out about his rope and steers, you don't, it's cool, it's cool, right? But you, do, you don't do what you guys have done in a year if you're not getting the results when people try it. And so there's a science behind it, we know it's the fiber, we know the work that you guys put in to create a product that does what it says it's gonna do. Congratulations, if somebody wants to go look at the science of the Unbeatable, we've got old episodes with all the details, but uh, just want to say shout out real quick, check it out, Unbeatable Feeds. Uh, got the got the pro team out here having a good week. Thank you guys for jumping on. You guys can check them out at www.unbeatablefeeds.com. We live in one of the hottest real estate markets in the Western industry here in Wickenburg. It can be confusing. I know the people from out of town go, okay, where does everything happen? What's in the middle of things? What's the dark side of the moon? Let me tell you, Erin Freeman, she's not only a friend, she is an absolute professional in the real estate industry. You can find her at Erin Freeman Properties on Facebook. You can check her out at ErinFreeman.Realtor on Instagram and TikTok. 
Here's what I like about Erin. She is from a team roping family. She understands that when you call and say you're looking for arena, you don't mean a riding pin. When you say I'm looking for something with stalls, it doesn't mean four panels chained together. She understands the industry, but she also understands the, the, the lifestyle. One of the things I'll say about Erin, like I said, not only is she great, I don't know if she'd want me saying this, she also kind of keeps her finger on the rental industry too. So if you're looking for a rental, maybe not officially, but I can tell you she knows where it's at. She's also brutally honest. She will tell you exactly what's happening in the industry. If you're too high, if you're too low, if what you're looking for is achievable, if she has in her inventory what you're looking for, you will get an honest assessment from somebody who not only understands what you're looking for, but where to find it. Check her out, Aaron Freeman. I have a sorrel that I bought from Peyton about a year and a half, almost two years ago now. Um, he called him Grizz. A couple of my other buddies, Caesar had him at one point, and then my buddy Cutter Duckett had him. Tanner Baldwin had him. Oh, Cutter Duckett owned that horse. Yeah. Yep. So I had actually heard about him from some of my other buddies that had rode him because Duckett called him Dracula. That's what I call him. And it's a cool name for a horse. Yeah. And I show up on him one day. I got super lucky. Paid in. Let me basically try him for three weeks and which no one does that and anyway the first time i showed up on him somewhere Peyton called him grizz and one of my buddies says when'd you get dracula and i was like what and i'd already heard about the horse two tough names dracula. he's got to be a good horse grizz, That's two, dracula. Grizz, dracula he's, he's dirty tough, tough. he can really run he's super broke and you know when i bought him i talked to jason the first time i rode him and I was like, man, I just don't know if he fits me perfect. And I was so lucky that Peyton let me keep riding him. Yeah, get with him. And I got with him, and I feel like I just keep getting more with him. Yeah. And the horse, like, Peyton told me when I bought him, he was like, man, I really think that this horse can help you a lot and get you kind of the next point in your career. Yeah. And it feels like I just keep finding little things that – help us work better together yeah and you know what stands out to me that's interesting is Peyton's not that old mm -hmm. but he's already really leaning into that role of like helping guys coming up he was who's the, who's the kid that won the rookie of the year in the calf open this year Dylan Dylan yeah Dylan Hancock you know like he talks about Dylan like he's proud of him he wants to see him do well he talks about Nikki of like man I'm down for that kid like whatever he needs letting you try the horse for, like he is taking on that mentor role in a lot of people's lives without even really a big age gap. Mm -hmm. um, I love, I love seeing that in him where he's taking a leadership role and really like leaning into it instead of just trying everything for himself. It's cool to see a guy at that age that is invested in seeing other people do well too. I think it speaks to the family. I mean, that's a family trait. Uh, yeah, yeah, one of the genuine good guys. What needs to change between now and January 1st and y'all's are open? Like, what's the one thing you're going to go home from here and work on? I got to learn how to, uh, I've got the range now, but I got to learn, which is, I don't think you ever quit learning, but learning how to handle steers on long rope and learning how to keep my horses running to them. Because I think that's the hardest thing for me right now. Like, I did a bad job at Rancho Rio for Nikki. <laughs> Sorry, bud. Last couple weeks ago, or last week, at the open over there, we came back eighth call back, and they would they pay six monies, something so like a that. A chance. Yeah. Anyway, we're two holes out. Rope's great roping to get there, and 
I was like .06 off the barrier, and I didn't ride my horse, and I just thought I was going to be in range because I was like, oh, he's right you there. You hit the start, and so and it's then, like that's and over. And then he just slowly kept leaving me and leaving me and leaving me. And that mare's fast enough. I could have got there, but I just got to learn how to not show my horses and continue to handle steers the right way. That was the one thing that they used to say about speed, and until you saw it live, yeah. speed would be gapping his horse all the way through. Like, his rope is halfway to the steer, and he's still riding. Yes. And then just tighten on the horn. Yeah. Like, that guy's ability to ride through the throw was yeah. ridiculous. I got to figure out riding to him, just riding in general. I got to get yeah. better horsemanship at all things, and especially facing. My facing's kind of garbage right now, but I'm figuring it out slowly. Jace, what's the thing right now that's on your list? I know everybody's got a thousand things we want to get better at, right? But like, what's the thing right now at the front of your mind when you get home? Really, it's kind of the same thing I've been working on all year. I've just been, I didn't really have a great foundation. I kind of didn't have much help at all until I moved to Texas with my right. healing. And just raw talent until you went to Texas and put some instruction. I, I don't know if I'd call it that, but I mean, I just, yeah, I guess I just kind of figured it out and roped the dummy probably way too much and had these two poor goats that I chased around until they wouldn't move. What and were their names? Called one Richard. I don't remember what we called the other one. <laughs> and then we, uh, I had two lead steers that also many times, I mean, there was one point where one of them finally wouldn't peel off the fence and then on my old faithful horse I learned to heal on Grumpy, I'd heal him left-handed, and then he'd get sour to that and then <laughs> start going off the fence. And I just, I'm trying to work on my fundamentals. That's really my yeah. biggest goal. Is just, just the basic fundamentals. Fundamentally stuff, sound, yeah. and everyone says there's no secret handshake, and it seems like the further, I'm nowhere near where I want to be. I just, like, want to come yeah. out and say it. But I feel like I keep getting closer and I'm sure it's always going to feel like I'm not where I want to be. Right. But there's no secret handshake. I think yeah. it's just. Well, those fundamentals are how a guy battles out of a slump, too. You just go back. When you have the fundamentals, you got the basic foundation. Yep. Nikki, I, I, I realize I'm asking somebody that's actually honestly got a pretty well-rounded game at 17. But what's the thing right now that when you go home, you're like, that's the one thing I'm going to focus on? Uh, learn how to never miss. Just catch every single steer by two feet. That's it. How? On an average week, how many steers would you guess you rope in a week? On average, like a normal week? I have no idea. Like, I couldn't even get... Let's break it down by day. How many steers do you think you were... It depends on who comes over and how many head horses they have. Because I'll heal as many as you can turn me. So, when you have nightmares at night, is it that you show up somewhere and they don't have an automatic shoot that you can run with the clicker that you brought? I'll run it manually. It don't bother me. Do you just want to have it on the belt just in case? Just Actually, ready at all times. You're sitting here without it on? Yeah. The heck? Um, unbeatable, real quick. Obviously, that's the reason. That's like the core that runs through all this. Walk me through uh, the feed, and then I'll let you guys get out of here. What are, you, what are you seeing? What results are you seeing from Unbeatable? I just got on the team, and I haven't got to try it yet because I left to come here, so I can't wait to try it. I'm excited. Based on whose recommendation? What was your reason for saying yes? I've actually, I've never really fed grain before, and I was curious to try it. And uh, from, like, Peyton and all those guys said it's probably the best thing to try. Yep. And uh, I'm just... You know what I respect is the honesty in that. Because, like, obviously, traditional wisdom would say you don't admit that you haven't tried it yet. And you're like, I don't know. I'm just excited. The people that I trust are feeding it. I'm down. Let's do it. So the next time we talk, you can tell me the results you saw. Yeah. Jace, what are you seeing? 
I really like that when we're rodeoing, you know, you wet down the pulps, you know your horse is getting water in them. I notice my horses have energy, but it's not like hot energy. It's not like they're hot and goofy. They just seem like they don't get as tired as easy. Does uh, it feel like to you, does it feel like they carry a little more weight? Not fat, yeah. but like they're just more full. It feels like the, like when you haul a horse all summer, they get sort of that gannet up, you know, road look. Do you feel like you're able to keep more weight on them? Yeah, that was actually the next thing I was going to say was just I've had a handful of people tell me here lately since I've been really good about feeding it every day. Like, I've had a handful of people tell me, like, man, your sorrel looks good. Like, he yeah. looks way more filled out, and he's feeling good. And the other huge thing that I like is when we're rodeoing in the summer and we have the rig we had out there this summer, we had limited hay pod space so we feed cubes we could fit about 40 bags of cubes in there yeah which is only enough for a couple weeks but then i could put 10 bags of unbeatable in there right and stretch out your feed yeah i mean 10 bags of that will last you probably over a month yeah or close to it for sure storage space and now it's getting where you can get it everywhere so even if you run out now you can find it other places why what's what stood out to you um, so I haven't used the alfalfa pellet mix a lot yet. So what we feed is just the straight beet pulp pellets and we soak them in just like what Jace was saying. I love that my horses are getting moisture on the road no matter what. So like I feel the mangers full every time we leave somewhere, like we're driving seven hours every day on the road, right? So you fill up all the mangers full of the soaked beet pulp pellets and they're getting some kind of moisture. And my horses this summer, I, their butts have filled in a lot. I've noticed that a lot. They've got a lot more flesh on their butts. And Just a bloom, in their overall bloom. I mean, you saw your sorrow whenever he came back. Like, he looks good. Yeah. And uh, I, I think he put on, like, 40 pounds. Just yeah. of not fat. Just right. Like, he just looks just good. Up. And I got a roan gilding, a brother to Sandy, and he naturally wants to get really ganted up on the road. And after I got home this summer, I fed Ultium uh, Gastricare and beet pulp and alfalfa all summer and he came back heavier than when he left yeah which is yeah kind of unheard of yeah. uh on the rodeo trail to me and the the, the alfalfa pellets are really handy too because you can just fill up the mangers full of them they don't eat it like grain right they just kind of pick at it and they eat what they want and it's more of a forage type feed yes yeah. yep. and whenever we're home so we turn them all out on pasture every day they eat coastal either by round bell or the grass right now we got coastal round bells out and uh we put a bag and a half of the beet pulp straight beet pulp pellets and we fill up uh, a bucket soak it and that feeds 20 head of horses with two scoops of strategy and just beet pulp and that feeds 20 head of horses every night yeah and then during the day we turn them out yeah and that's unreal I mean, our, our feed costs have went down so much because of that. Right. Right. And the efficiency. I mean, you, when you look at feeding the most efficient feed, that's what drives your cost down. Yes. And that's that's been my experience, too. I mean, my, we feed it to a lot of our colts, and I'm impressed. I feed that in equinity. And what yeah. I've noticed is just a more civil-minded horse. You know, they're not lazy. They're not hot. They're just, they show up ready to go to work. Yeah. And young horses, older horses, all of them, and they're carrying more weight, but it's not in the wrong places. They don't have a big gut. Yeah. You know, their their top line's carrying more weight. And so uh I've I've said I will not do endorsement deals on this podcast. I will not, unless it's something I would pay retail for or people I would go to business with. 
And I can 1000% tell you on this one, like that's been like the results. This is a product that I would pay retail for easily. Yes, sir. So guys, we're closing down the convention center. They're about to kick us out anyway. Uh, thank you guys for jumping on. Uh, I don't think we missed anything for usually we get into like life stories. We obviously didn't get to do that with the, being the convention center. So thank you guys for jumping on. Look forward to seeing what the next year holds. Keep us posted. Thank you.